Everyone, remain calm. Yeah. Ooh. Ah. That's how it always starts. And later, there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me. What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park podcast. You want to consult here or? In my bungalow. <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello, and welcome to the 31st episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. Hopefully everyone had a great Christmas It looks like many of you received some great Jurassic gifts, and I really loved seeing that. Now, I'm using a new mic here in the studio, so hopefully everything sounds even better than it did before. In this episode, we've got a tiny bit of news, a fun discussion segment with Dan Caron, where we compare and contrast the park maps for Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. We've got a listener email, and I've got a podcast year in review as we wind down 2015. Now, I've kept a close ear on that radio I have here in the studio, and I haven't heard any transmissions come through in the past week. But I do have an interesting email from someone who listens to the show pertaining to those transmissions. But before all that, why don't we get into a bit of Jurassic news from around the world? 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access me, program. Access me, security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. All right, so last week I did my recording on Sunday, where the final totals of Star Wars The Force Awakens were not official. At that point, Jurassic World still held the worldwide total, but unfortunately, once the final figures came in, it looks like Jurassic World was defeated. Frank Marshall sent around a congratulations to Star Wars, relinquishing all titles and really making it official. So as we watch Star Wars break literally every record imaginable, we need to take comfort in knowing that Jurassic World had an amazing run, and it really outperformed everyone's expectations. Now, I've seen a lot of bashing from both sides, so let's just pump the brakes a bit and enjoy both of these franchises, because they are really two amazing series. So, in the end, I think we should really congratulate both Star Wars and Jurassic World for great box office runs during 2015. Where's Aunt Claire? 7 o'clock tomorrow night on the East Dock. Make sure he gets it right. But it's alive! And everyone on the planet is going to line up to appreciate it and everything done. People would say they could see the fleas. Oh, I could see the fleas. Mommy, can't you see the fleas? I... These characters, uh, auto erotic. Come on! 2015 has been an amazing year for Jurassic Park fans around the world. We've seen the resurgence of the series in Jurassic World, new merchandise, great cosplay, an epic DVD release press tour, new fan fiction, amazing new music, an awesome presence at conventions and hope for a bright future for the franchise. For anyone who is new to the podcast, I started this train back in May before the premiere of Jurassic World. It's really been something I've been wanting to do for years, and I finally got the push I needed to do it. 
and now we've hit 31 episodes. It's really awesome to look back and see how far it's grown. Now, each week we try to put together something great, you know, some kind of great Jurassic content for you to keep this train running. It's definitely a tough to process, but we've found some really great people to help us along the way. Now, I wanted to kind of go through some of the great guests we've had throughout the year. And uh, going back to episode four, we had Tim Lewinson from Savage Empire. Tim is a great guy and a huge Jurassic Park fan, huge dinosaur fan, and we talked about his Kickstarter campaign for Savage Empire, his uh, new graphic novel, and uh, also his backstory with uh, gaming, his love for Jurassic Park, and so much more. So definitely go check out that episode. Um, I also had an awesome chat with Sabrina and Garrett from I Know Dino, the Big Dinosaur Podcast, in episode 16. Now, podcasting is such a great medium, and Sabrina and Garrett have their own, and we kind of did a little crossover episode, and I think it was great to have them here to talk about dinosaurs and Jurassic World, Jurassic Park. Um, They are two people who basically know everything there is to know about dinosaurs. Um, Hopefully we can touch base again sometime soon and get more content for you guys to listen to. Now, in episode 19, I had a great time with John Scott and Nate Vanderkamp from Raw Thrills. They are the guys behind the Jurassic Park Arcade that was released earlier this year. Um, That game is so much fun to play through. I finally did get a chance to play through it, and I absolutely recommend it. And uh, I really highly suggest you check out that episode, uh, episode 19, to hear exactly how that game was created. That was definitely one of my favorite episodes, and it really was an awesome opportunity to chat with two people um, who have directly influenced the progress of the series. Um, I also had a great chat, uh, actually a few great chats with Dino Reviews 101 regarding the DVD release and some of our favorite scary scenes from the series. I particularly liked breaking down those scary scenes uh, because even though the series can be funny and full of adventure, it really does have some terrifying sequences. So anyway, back in episode 25, I had a chance to speak with Max Wood from Mesozoica, which um, really looks like an awesome dinosaur theme park simulator, and it's coming out sometime in the future. Um, I really, really love digging deep into the design of the dinosaurs in that episode. Because, as you know, many people have varying views on how dinosaurs are supposed to be represented in the mediums that we love. Whether it's Jurassic Park, uh, the different games, or or anything really. Um, It's awesome to see that you can really design how the dinosaurs look in this game. And it's really an intuitive system, and I highly suggest you check it out. Now, I also love talking with James and Steve from the Jurassic Unicast. Uh, They are two awesome guys who are seriously dedicated to pushing the Jurassic Park community to new arenas. Now, their Minecraft tours on YouTube are so awesome, so in-depth. I highly suggest you go check them out. Um, They they also do fan fiction, uh, and they have their podcast. So make sure to go find them everywhere they are, uh, at JP underscore till underscore I underscore die on Twitter. And I have a feeling we'll be talking to them more in the future. So you can check them out in episodes 26 and 28. Now, just last episode, episode 30, I had a great time with Jurassic Collectibles. Now, I hope you got a chance to listen to that one because it was one of my favorites. I loved chatting about all the old toys and getting his point of view on the future of the franchise. Um, He's a really, really cool dude and has some awesome stuff going on on his YouTube page. Um, His reviews are essential to the Jurassic Park community, so I highly suggest you go check them out. Now, hopefully we can get that Moss Chops back on the podcast sometime soon. Uh, That's a little inside joke if if he's listening. And, of course, I can't help but mention a few of my regulars here. 
Um, Olivia Dolphin has been an awesome addition to the community with her fan fiction and thoughtful views on Jurassic World, and she'll definitely come back on sometime in 2016. Matt Parody was essential to us early on in helping to get to the bottom of some great topics. Uh, We really broke down the Indominus Rex and some ideas for the sequel. Now, he will absolutely be back in the new year with some great discussion, and I really, I really can't wait for that. Of course, Jennifer Tarek has been a huge presence here on the podcast. Uh, She's been in a few great episodes so far, and I really, really can't wait um, for everything we'll bring you in 2016. Now, she was part of one of my favorite episodes. Uh, That was episode 18, where we defend the character of Claire Deering. Now, I really hope everybody checked that one out because we absolutely shot down any arguments anybody has about that character not being important or feminine. Also, I know Jen was upset that I didn't ask her the raptor in the kitchen question, so maybe I'll do that next time. Um, And of course, my right-hand man this whole time has been Dan Karan. He's been in nearly half the episodes, uh, this one included, and he's done a great job helping me discuss the soundtracks, uh, the Easter eggs for Jurassic World, uh, raptor designs, the shared universe, and so, so much more. Um, I started this podcast right along with him, and he's been there every step of the way. Um, He has a huge knowledge of the series, uh, the characters, the quotes, and has been so helpful in coming up with great topics. You will absolutely hear him again soon, uh, probably in about a minute, actually, uh, but definitely more in 2016. But anyway, hopefully this gives any new listeners some incentive to go back and check out some of our past episodes. Or if you've been listening... Uh, for a long time, maybe you could just go ahead and re-listen. I wouldn't stop you. Now, I can't wait for 2016 because I expect we'll get some news on the sequel. Um, We have that Jurassic World exhibition in Australia to look forward to. Hopefully some new toys coming out sometime soon. And uh, hopefully some developments in the Universal theme parks around the world, um, giving us so much more to discuss. And uh, look forward to some of those episodes here in the future. Um, I really look forward to the new year, but I hate saying goodbye to everything 2015 has brought us. So me, you, everybody listening, we are all huge fans of the Jurassic Park series. And uh, I want to wish a happy new year to everybody, and we'll see you in 2016. Let's open up the doors to the Visitor Center, where Dan Caron joins me to talk about the Isla Nubar Park Maps. So this week, I figured maybe we just take a look at the two versions of the maps that we have here, or maybe more than two, but we have an old map for Jurassic Park and a new map map for Jurassic World. And I wanted to bring in our regular Mythbuster here, Dan Curran, to take a look at these maps with me and kind of get to the bottom of what's going on here and and all the differences that we see in the two different uh, versions. So uh, how you doing, man? Hey, not too bad, Brad. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm just really confused, though, because at first glance, these maps are very different. And, you know, you might not think about it while watching the movie because you don't really get an up-close look at a map or anything in in either film. But I figured it'd be good to kind of dissect it. So if we start here at Jurassic Park and we're looking at an old map, it's as accurate as we can assume it is. 
Um, and I have two versions, actually, of the old map. I have um, one that's more accurate here in on, on my computer. And then I have another one here. It's from Telltale Games. And they just recently, not recently, a few years ago they did um, a, a game for computer and Xbox and PS, uh, PlayStation games. And so this map is actually a little flawed, I think. But uh, let's dive into it because the first time we see this island is when they come in on the helicopter, right? Yeah. So they come in, and if you take a look at the map, uh, which you can just Google and find this this picture anywhere, really, um, they come in on the southern end and land their helicopter next to the waterfall, right? Yep. Um, now, I don't know about you, but when I was watching Jurassic World, I feel like I saw that waterfall. I mean, maybe it wasn't the same one, but it really looked like it. And they were flying a helicopter... Um, they had taken off from the new visitor center and gone towards the, the uh, Indominus Paddock, which I assume is in the um, restricted area up in the north. Yeah. So apparently they passed that waterfall. It looks like, but it it sure looked like it. I mean, but, if yeah. if not, that's what that's what they were going for. They're going and for showing least, us that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm not like a expert on Hawaii terrain or anything, but it looked like the same one. But that waterfall, according to the map, is in the southern region, which I don't know, understand why they would have passed that. So maybe that's a flaw in, in the film, but it's something we can at least look past, I think. I mean, that, that would have definitely been a pretty long helicopter ride <laughs> uh, and, and definitely the long way around the island. But Yeah, maybe I, they I took agree. a tour. I, I think it definitely um, – it seemed like it was the same waterfall, but uh, it, it seems like it would have been in the wrong wrong order for them to fly past it exactly and then the next thing we see the old group and in, in jurassic park they get in the jeeps and they go down a few paths and they come across the brachiosaurus and it doesn't look like they're in any type of paddock it kind of looks like they're free roaming like a few other dinosaurs we come across um and they're actually they're in a giant field and they're near a little body of water, and it looks like there's a bunch of other dinosaurs um, grazing the area and drinking or whatever. Um, and that is maybe in the middle of the park. Now, while I'm looking at the original map, I'm looking at the the uh, Telltale version actually as well. And this version actually has them directly in the middle here with a little pond or, or lake of some sort, which actually I feel like this coincides a lot with the mosasaurus um tank that we see in jurassic world do you think so i i don't know if i agree with that it looks like even on the the jurassic world map it looks like there's a little kind of watering yeah. hole down there as well and yeah you're right and maybe you're they're the just different sizes course. or so yeah exactly so maybe that was like the old um uh watering hole i guess for um yeah for for the brachiosaurus it's really tough i don't know did they just build the golf course over top of the old brachiosaurus area it's possible i mean it's in the general area so it could be but i don't know i mean for instance they could have if it was more north they could have dug it out and made this mosasaurus pond or lake or whatever mm-hmm. and built the entire uh, main street around that and the the new innovation center so that's a possibility but um as far as the new map goes, Jurassic World, we don't we don't see an area with Brachiosaurus, and we know we have a Patasaurus, and they're in a different area. But um, 
some of the concept art did show uh, Brachiosaurus. So, I don't know. Are we to assume that they are on the island and we just didn't see them? Or are we to assume that they don't exist? They've got to exist. There's no reason for them not to. Yeah, and actually somebody brought this up recently. I got a question as to what happened. Like, did they kill off all these Brachiosaurus? Or, I mean, did they die off naturally through lysine contingency? Or, or are we just missing them on this map and we don't see them in the movie or, or whatever? Uh, it's a very good question, and I'm not sure how to answer it exactly. I mean, there were there were a lot of years there where anything could have happened with with really no well, containment whatsoever. But that, yeah, I mean, with no containment, that makes sense. Like, you're right. Like the Indominus got out and destroyed like all the Apatosaurus in a matter of minutes. Yeah. And we know that the T Rex was roaming around, aside from probably other dinosaurs. So mm-hmm. yeah, there you're right. There is a chance that they could have gotten taken out by. Uh, a carnivore there so that that you know that does lead to a good point i wonder what happened to them but they actually i've looked it up and they actually live to like a hundred or so years Hmm. so i mean it's really tough to say because they are genetically modified they might not live to the same age but we have to assume at least that they could still be alive and on the park you know somewhere but we just don't see them so it's a good question as to where they went now Going back to the original movie, after they see the Brachiosaurus, they head down the road to the left, and they go to the visitor center, right? Mm-hmm. And they hang out there for a little while until they get back in to the uh, the Explorers, and they go through the park gates, uh, which the park gates, that actually seems to be like where the new innovation center is. Does that look accurate to you? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, I think that's like close. Maybe that's where the innovation center in between that and the the new um, wherever Claire is when she starts the movie with the helicopter up there. So it could be that area. But in the original movie, they go through the gates and they go what we we can assume is to the right and up towards a Dilophosaurus because that's the first dinosaur they. They're, they don't come across it. That's the first dinosaur they're supposed to come across, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a no-show there. So they continue on towards a T-Rex. And we have another no-show, right? Mm-hmm. So they continue on up to the what we assume is the northern area on this, this map here has the Triceratops. So they all get out and they, they visit that for an air, a little while. And then they get back in the cars because the storm's coming so they have to get back to the visitor center yeah and it seems like that's actually up in in the restricted area of of Jurassic World yeah you're right so I wonder the restricted area it has the I think that's where you know that's where the Indominus is right and it has the Velociraptors are up there in their Mm -hmm. little paddock and there's also a volcano up there that we know of Um, they don't really talk about it at all but there is reference to it here and there i think online so you can find it but you can actually see it in the jurassic world map there's a giant mountainous area up there on the very very northern tip so it could be that volcano maybe is keeping that area uh quarantined so going back to the original movie though they they're at that triceratops which seems to be in that restricted area and somehow they instead of going directly down back to the visitor center they make their way they t- somehow they turn around 
and they go back towards a T-Rex. Yeah. So what sense does that make to you? <laughs> uh, not, not much. <laughs> Look, at, I mean, unless, I mean, the, the cars are on a track. Yeah. So I don't know how they would exactly turn around to go back that way. I have Unless they no just idea. went in reverse the entire way. <laughs> no, but they definitely didn't, right? I mean, we, we saw them moving and they didn't. Um, yeah. So there apparently is a turnaround somewhere that was easier to turn around and go all the way back instead of just going down, you know, maybe a few miles. <laughs> hmm. So for some reason, that doesn't make much sense to me. Um, so they they essentially did a dumb move, turned around, and then got, you know messed up by the t-rex um you know now, but looking looking at the the telltale map it looks like it's actually the the t- um the triceratops area is, is actually down in the south kind of yeah kind of near the the helipad yeah it makes no sense to me why they chose to do that um because that makes no sense film wise yeah going from the dilophosaurus to the t-rex and yeah. then reversing. That makes no sense. Back to the Triceratops. So I don't know whose choice it was to do that. I mean, this is a great map. I love this map. It has a few different features and stuff, but that's a big flaw, at least for Telltale. Mm. Um, and a lot of people don't really like the game. I, I actually like the game. I thought it was fun. But if we're looking at this map, and the map is, it's look like style-wise, it looks nearly identical to yeah. the original map but um, maybe just a tad bit updated um, but I just don't understand why they chose to do that it's very strange to try Ceratops all the way in the, the uh, on the southern tip there we have to assume that the if you look at this map the um, Gallimimus are all the way at the bottom right on both yeah. maps yeah and they come across them if you look at the map, there's actually an old Explorer from, f- truck from the uh, movies. Yeah. We have to assume that Grant and the kids made their way across the island and cut across that middle area. So I guess the Gallimimus, Brachiosaurus, and, and, and a few other dinosaurs have free roam in the entire center, right? That's what it looks like because... Where the Explorer is, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah. They, have, they must have free roam because it looks like the... Um, herbivores are all in the center and they yeah, have just, free roam and then there's electrified fences yeah which if veering off a, a bit looking at those two electric fences uh, on, on the original Jurassic Park map yeah. uh, if you so maybe this is a stupid question but how exactly did the T-Rex get past not only the first barrier, we, we know it wasn't electrified at the time, right? But yeah. the, not only the first barrier, but the second barrier as well. <laughs> to get into the visitor center to save everyone. Yeah. Which maybe that wasn't her intent, but... No, yeah, I don't think so. It, <laughs> I mean, here we go. We have a good idea, I guess, of her trajectory. Yeah. Um, because uh, we know of the Musco Faster scene, you know, like, mm-hmm. so we know she is chasing the Jeep. Yeah, maybe she's led out. So, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe she's led out. And I, 
and she does get through the Gallimimus area, so yeah. that makes sense. Okay. Um, but that that. Yeah, sec- so how, how does she get through? There must be a small opening that we know Nedry went through um, because he he went through the main gate, left that open. He, oh, yeah. Which that would have been one barrier. So then he goes through the second one. He did open a small gate, which I don't think it was big enough for a T Rex to go through. I don't. I don't remember. No, it was exactly. like a toll booth. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but, uh, you know what? The, the odds, the odds. Yeah, the uh, odds. I think that's what you're aiming getting, at. Getting getting through that that dra- that that uh that main gate. Um, this is a pretty pretty smart dinosaur. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. To make all right. it all the way back, I mean, unless it, you know, we know it can, but, it can probably smell pretty good, I guess, right? So it could make its way back and maybe track it. I don't know. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not the bull T Rex that could smell like farther than a turkey vulture or anything. I don't think. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, that's a really good point you bring up. It made its way all the way across the island, and but really, just making that based off of the based off of the map and the way the the fences yeah. are drawn. But you know what? I could see it. It makes sense, um, yeah. especially given given that all the roads, <clears throat> excuse me, basically re, uh, lead through to the visitor center anyway. Yeah, that actually brings up a good point as well. Kind of going off your topic now, the T Rex. So last we see her in in the original Jurassic Park, is she's in the visitor center. So twenty two years go by, or maybe maybe less, because the park is open for ten years. Mm-hmm. So, twelve years go by, and we assume she's free roaming. Mm-hmm. So somehow, some ACU team or some team gets her into captivity. And if we look at the new map, she is home right in the center of the park, right near the innovation center. There's a little bit of woods, and that's where the T Rex Kingdom is. Yeah. So. Somehow they got her into captivity. I don't understand that. I'd love to see that. I don't know about you, but I'd love to see some sort of prequel. I, th- I know we've talked about prequel before, but yeah, yeah, or at we, least we've a touched comic on it of a some few times. Sort. A book, yep. something. Just, just to kind of show that process, because I'm sure that was uh, a pretty, pretty nuts. Yeah, uh, there's time. a lot of unanswered questions because of the Brachiosaurus and and the T-Rex and how they corralled all these dinosaurs and how they set up everything how they changed the structure of the island you know added that that lake for the the Mosasaurus and uh, made a few other changes like the golf course and things like that yeah yeah and i think one of the biggest questions is we we sort of talked about it before was the restricted area mm-hmm. and we assume it's because maybe the raptor and the indominus and the the volcanoes up there um, and in the movie or bef- actually going back uh, going rewinding back a little bit we knew the the original visitor center was going to be in the movie ahead of time before it came out so when we assume that the kids went into the restricted area we assume that they essentially came across the visitor center up north mm-hmm. right but when you look at these maps the visitor center is nowhere near the restricted area the old maps the old maps now, yeah. yeah. So Pretty much center of the map there. A few weeks ago, I was like really questioning things, and I'm like, this just doesn't make any sense. How did the kids come across the visitor center in the restricted area because they went through that fence with the gyrosphere and got chased by the, the Indominus, 
mm. went into that little they jumped over that little waterfall and went into that lake and climbed out and all of a sudden they're at the visitor center a few minutes later now actually a few weeks ago the Jurassic World uh, JurassicWorld.com updated their map to include a few extra features um, so we actually do get to see first off the old visitor center which is much lower than we expected it to be in the movie in the uh, new movie and it's actually where it's positioned on all the old maps which is awesome yeah, and I think that is such an awesome detail that they added that map or added that point to the map on Jurassic World. Yeah, it's nice that it, it kind of matches up a bit. But where exactly are the gyrospheres? Um, gyrospheres, you see the orange. There's an orange symbol up on the top oh, left. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the kids so, go from sort of the leftist top area. So the monorail north. basically circles around the old visitor center. Yes, yeah, there is like a okay. circled area right there mm-hmm. but I guess you don't get a glimpse I don't know I, I mean we didn't get to take the entire tour um, but and they did kind of go off course so yeah so the kids went yeah. off course and went up through that gate into the restricted area I'm assuming mm-hmm. but we also are we to assume that there's also free roaming dinosaurs in the restricted area because we have the uh, ankylosaurus there was, I mean, the Indominus was just roaming around up there and destroyed I, those dinosaurs. I don't um, think so, because outside of the paddock, you know, everyone was pretty much yeah, roaming around. You're right, yeah, they human, were just walking calmly. Yeah, so I feel like, you know, there'd, there'd be a little bit more, uh, they'd be a little bit more alert if, if that was the case. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like that area's got to be um, relatively contained with the exception of the, the the raptor paddock and the indominus paddock. Yeah, but what I assumed while watching the movie was... And I, it kind of slightly took me out of it for a second. Um, was how quickly they came across that, that visitor center. Knowing that it's much lower on the island. So I was like, how did they come across this so quickly? And then we... Thankfully, we find out later on that they, they did, in fact cut down and we didn't see it but they apparently went under the monorail and mm. I guess there was no monorails running because they didn't signal to anybody hey 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 stop like <laughs> come get us yeah um, I mean the the only other thing that I, that I wonder with the original visitor center being there is you know why would they build so much around it and not do anything to you know remove or um you know, get get some of those. It, it was. It looked almost untouched. You know what I mean. So like, there's there's a monorail built all around the original visitor center. It looks like, uh, according to the to the map, there's yeah. a uh, a gondola and um, you know all kinds of things built around it. But why would it be so untouched if it was right I, in the center of pretty much all the action? I wonder if it's because of like sort of. Um, what Claire said to Lowry in the movie is like, you understand what happened there, right? Like, people died. It was a mess. Mm. So there's a lot of deaths that happen in the vicinity of that visitor center. Um, so Muldoon, um, yeah. Joffrey in the very beginning of the movie died. Um, uh, Arnold, Ray Arnold died there. A lot of deaths. So I'm assuming they just kind of built around it 
and left it untouched. It is a very strange decision. Maybe they could have cleaned it out and secured it, mm-hmm. but they didn't. Yeah, true. One other quick point I'm going to make, Brad, is um, I'm looking at the, the Jurassic World map, and all the way on the right side of the, the island, it looks like there's there's a red marker on there for Barbasol, right? Yeah. And it's uh, Jurassic World's number one shaving cream brand. Um, now, looking at the, the, Jurassic War, the Jurassic Park map and uh, the, the Telltale map, it looks like the, the dock, right, is, is right over on that right side as well. But the Barbasol can is exactly, you know, in that same vicinity of the Dilophosaurus uh, area yeah, of the park. Yeah, it, it really is so, where, you know, where, where the Dilophosaurus would have been. Exactly. So that's actually kind of a, a consistency, too. Yeah, um, between even all three maps. Yes, yeah. I think I I don't know. I forget if that was added recently. I I think it was like along with the visitor center and actually the T Rex paddock is on the new map as well, which is also a cool feature that they're. I don't know. I'm assuming like because this website is supposed to be geared towards people visiting the park, like it's actually a real existing park. Yeah. So specifically, they're trying to show people, hey, look, the old visitor center was here. The old T-Rex paddock was here, and I don't know, Barbasol was over here. Um, but <laughs> but that's that's also yeah, that's actually like a really cool point that you just pointed out because it is in that vicinity of the Dilophosaurus, and it could be like a little hint towards you know, hey, it's still there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not that it would have any kind of effect on any films, but it's it's a cool little reference. Yeah, it, it hasn't moved, but. Uh... We probably won't be finding any viable embryos. No, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, just the way that the um, the island is almost completely untouched on the, you know, in, in the Jurassic World, it, it's very center the rest- focused. Yeah, the the restricted area is all on the the top portion of the island, whereas you know it looks like the the most untouched portion of the island in the Jurassic Park map versus um and even the telltale yeah. map is the the west side of the island seems like it's the you know least developed at least or the least inhabited yeah uh, by dinosaurs i think it's because of the mountain range at least even on a new map there's sort of like a mountain range where the gondolas are and everything yeah 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 and but then it dies off yeah but in the old map it's like, it's like the old map has like mountain range the entire way up Except for the visitor centers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, and I mean, that, that kind of makes sense because if you look at the, the Telltale map too, the waterfall seems like it's right at the end of that like little little water... Yeah, uh, I, like, I do like that detail. ...inlay kind of piece because they do kind of fly up that and right up to the helipad. So it yeah. seems like it's almost like the perfect location. Whereas in the, the original Jurassic Park map, it's kind of inland a little ways. Um you know, away from water. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. So, I I mean, that kind of sums up the comparisons, I think, especially, like, between the two movies, the differences that we see here on the maps. Um, but looking at the Jurassic World map itself, there's, you know, and from the concept art as well, there's a few features I would have loved to have seen, like this gondola lift, which is on the, the western coast almost near the uh, monorail as well. It, there's just a guy in the lift there, and it's sort of like in this mountain range. And that is something that would have been visually awesome to see. 
Uh, I would have, man, I would have loved to have seen that. And I think that would have been a great spot for like a Brachiosaurus scene. Mm. What else don't we see? I mean, we see here, we got Triceratops, we saw them. Gallimimus, we saw. Uh, Aviary, we saw most of the stuff. We did not see the golf course at all. Not that that would have been a momentous scene or anything, unless somebody trampled through there, but we didn't get to see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, sure, it's pretty nice, though. Yeah. Actually, yeah, the book, there's a botanical gardens as well, which is yeah. on the right-hand side, sort of below the uh, Mosasaurus area. There's, there's like a botanical gardens, and that would have been something really cool to see. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's very interesting just to see where like the old movie took place in comparison to this new map. Um, and actually, yeah, still comparing here, um, two separate versions of this map, like we've been talking about, the, the, the normal park map and then the, this um, uh, Telltale game map. We have the E-Stock, right? Which is mm-hmm. the only one. Is that the only one? That's the only one that's on the original map. Mm-hmm. The E-Stock. So... Why are we calling it the East Dock? As opposed to the West Dock or any other yeah, dock. Right? Exactly. Yeah. It, why is it? I mean, on this map, it actually just says port. True. So. But looking over on the on the Telltale map, yeah. it looks like we have a North Dock. And a, <laughs> we and do a, have and a North dock. dock. So, yeah, that's an interesting point. And I don't know who decided to take these liberties. Like we talked about with the Triceratops before. But it's very interesting. I don't know what these, like, who chose these differences, but they're very interesting. And actually, if you go to the Jurassic World map, none of those docks are in existence anymore. Yeah. Uh, but we do, obviously, they do come in via dock. And it seems like that's the only way to really get to the island if you're a guest. So, and that looks like it's over on the west side of the island yeah. as opposed to either of the other two docks. So that's interesting. Exactly, yes. And that that's very low, which we never... We never went that low before in the movies, so that's an interesting choice. I like it down there. Maybe it's like, I don't know, maybe it's easy access for the boats or whatever, but that's where the the monorail starts, and it goes right past the golf course, and and which we never got a glimpse of. So, man, I just want to see that golf course. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, Really, there's just so many features. I think we really pointed them out, aside from all the ones that we've already seen in the movies. Um, what do you think? Do you think we really covered it as best we could? Or is there anything else? I think so. Out? The only other thing is the Velociraptor uh, area. And, and, and I, I know I had said before that not not much was going on on the, uh, the left side of the, the original maps there. But it looks like they're the only dinosaurs on that side of the, the electrical fences. In the uh, original movie? In the yeah, in the original yeah, because uh, in the original movie, they they were essentially just in a small paddock that I don't think. I mean, do you think that was intended for guests? Oh, absolutely. They're you supposed think to. So? They they must. Yeah, they must have been able to to look in. Um, you know, from the top. Just yeah, just, as like, they were just the like they were in the movie, but they didn't see. I mean, they had a really bad time viewing dinosaurs in general. So if anybody chose to to not use their coupon for coupon day, it would have been very upset because they would have never seen any dinosaurs. Yeah, that would have been terrible. So, I mean, I think Jurassic World hit it out of the park with the viewing areas 
and the way they coaxed out dinosaurs with flares and, and uh, other, you know, sharks and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. they really hit it on the mark. I think they learned well from from the old park and the old map and uh, made really the best version that you can make. Yeah, it was a pretty it was a pretty awesome looking park. I uh yeah. I wish it I wish it existed. I wish <laughs> I could go. Yeah, me too. Even even with all the chaos, I still would have went. You know what though? That was only one day. That was just yeah, really- one day. All the guests that had a great time in the 10 years prior, mm-hmm. all of a sudden just one bad day. I'll take those chances. Exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for joining me today. I think that was an awesome conversation. Hopefully some people got something out of it. I know we we're a little all over the place, but I guess if you have any questions out there, because it, there's a lot of detail. So if you have any questions or thoughts about the park maps, you can obviously hit us up on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod. Or you can send us an email, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com, and we'll try to answer them on the next one. So um, thanks, Dan, for joining me. No problem, Brad. Have a good one. Something. I can't get Jurassic Park back online without Dennis Dendron. Incorporating all the latest technologies. We shouldn't be here. And there's five dinosaurs. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? So this week I received an email about those weird transmissions that came through in the past two episodes. Now, it just made the cut as I received the email right before recording. Now, it seems like it's a heavy written email, and I didn't get the full name... Uh, but it looks like it's from a T. Murphy, and it says, I just recently started listening to the podcast, and I heard the radio signal in episodes 29 and 30. I've read all the major books on dinosaurs, and have had a very intimate relationship with the field itself. I'm now a writer, and I've recently jumped back into the dinosaur waters. That brings me to those transmissions. I think I know who they're from. Now, I've been writing a story that will change the tides in the field, and it includes details about Jurassic World. I'll include a few excerpts in a future email. That voice you are hearing is not Richard Kiley, but I can guarantee the person on the other side has spared no expense. I can't spoil the details just yet, so I'll be in touch. Thanks for your continued efforts on the podcast. T. Murphy. Well, thanks, T. Murphy, for sending in that email. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about, but hopefully you can contact me again sometime soon regarding whatever it is you're talking about. Uh, I agree those transmissions were strange, but I have no clue what they're about or who they're from. So somehow you seem to have a little bit more insight into them. Uh, so I'll trust you for now. Uh, and I did love that reference to Richard Kylie and the original park. Uh, any reference to that time period is awesome. So thanks for that. Anyway, hope to hear from you again soon. Now, if you have an email or something you want to send to us, you can email it to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Or if you want to give our voicemail a call, that number is 732 732- Eight two five seven seven six three.
Thanks for listening to the 31st episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. A huge thanks to Dan Karan for joining me to discuss the park maps. Now, I know it seemed like a strange topic at first, but there is so much to break down in continuity between the two films, and I'm sure we really could have talked about this even longer. I also have to thank T. Murphy for sending in that email. It's always great to hear from our listeners, and it's also awesome to know that we're finding new listeners every day. Now, I want to again thank everybody who has joined us here on the podcast. You've all really helped to make this year successful, and I can't wait to talk to you guys again in the new year. But most of all, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening every week. You are the reason we put out this podcast every week, so keep up the good work. 2016 is only days away, so if you make one resolution, maybe you could go ahead and give our podcast a review in iTunes. We'd love to extend our reach in 2016 and make it easier for great fans like you to find us. Now, all you have to do is head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Now, that's the last time I'll ask you in 2016, so make sure to help us out. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod. But we're also on Instagram as the Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and YouTube. So make sure to subscribe. It really, really means a lot. We're usually spotted commenting on the Jurassic Park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. All of the links to our web presence are in our show notes. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, segment ideas, pictures, top tens, or comments to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to record something for the show, Send it in to us and we'll feature it on an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and I hope you all have a happy new year and enjoy everything 2016 will bring.